All right. Sammy O. Yo. Welcome to Hoogie Time, my friend. I'm happy to be here. And I, yeah, man. I love the sandwiches, too. Sammy yeah. Orpiza, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the fighting pride open. of Briarcliff, Pennsylvania. Yeah, damn right I am. This guy's lived a storied life. He's almost like the local Forrest Gump so far. Lots of accolades. He runs just like him. Tradesman. A tradesman. A mixed martial yep. artist. Semi-retired. Semi-retired. Fighters. Never retired. Boxer. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to wrestle Sen anymore. Senate <laughs> candidate wrestler. Yeah. Senate candidate MMA coach as well. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Inspiration to the youth. Thank you. And you really are. You're an inspiration to... Um, this area, particularly Delaware County, but like even even more so the St. Joe's feeder area, you know, the Damn right. Glen Olden, Briarcliff, Collingdale, like we really took, you know, when when you're doing all this great stuff, we we, we got your back, dude. Thank We're you. We're watching it all. But uh take us through it so somebody doesn't know Sammy O from the uh from the get go. Like uh where yeah, you sure. from? Like what's the story? So first off, went to St. Joe's and Collingdale for grade school, right? Well, what what? Uh, what? Spartans. <laughs> Shout out Spartans everywhere. Uh, went to Monsignor Bonner, went hey. to, went to Williamson trade school. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I, when I was a kid, man, I, I was really into martial arts and mm -hmm. always thought it would be cool to pursue a career. Um, remember watching UFC for the first time and imagining what it would be like. And then ultimately it really was, I went to an ECW used to come to the Briarcliff Fieldhouse. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh, at the Fieldhouse. And, and if you can, uh, if you can imagine for me, I was in fifth or sixth grade right and it was the first time like the crowds excited music plays and the guys walk out and it's like that intense feeling yeah um people booing people giving them the finger people <laughs> screaming stuff and at that them. particular um wrestling league was like it, it, all, all everything went right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. extreme no championship <laughs> yes. wrestling yes. that was like sandman and shit if i'm not and it was always on new jack before we Sabu. had 200 channels it was it was always Blood on late all night yeah, on a yeah, random yeah. channel. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you saw that at the Briarcliff Fieldhouse, well, which is still one of the few places around that's still in it's still in use. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it I is. And it still looks exactly the looks same. Exactly the same. Yeah. What a versatile venue. I saw George Bush there when he came uh, I was to our too. area. So I was from in first grade, I was from there. the president <laughs> to the Sandman. Wow. Briarcliff is hosting yeah. events of all shapes and sizes. I'll never forget that. George Bush came Hell to yeah. the Briarcliff. George Bush. HW, Herbert Walker. And and ECW. That's great. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So you start there with uh so you you're a kid, you see the wrestling and you kind of come up through Bonner and William Williamson, you go there for um at that point you wrestled, right? Yeah, I wrestled, and when I was at Williamson, there was a jiu-jitsu gym on the same street as the school. So, you know, Williamson has the strict rules, and yeah, I sure. would like sure. I would sneak out, and I would go train jiu-jitsu, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's one of those sports where uh, no matter what walk of life you're from, people right. go to jiu-jitsu, and you, uh, it's like a self-discovery, and it's good for you. You right. learn a lot about yourself. You grow a great network. All these things you don't even know are happening, but you're 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 enjoying yourself. You're becoming a better person. Sure. And the jujitsu is that the defensive one? That's how you kind of learn how to. Uh, Hoist know, Gracie, UFC one, the guy yeah, that beat everybody. Exactly. Yeah, like that's the, the like one. your opponent's being the aggressor, and you're learning how to kind of do it without being aggressive and using that as like a last tactic. I'm not familiar. I'm no, just, it's yeah. like exactly like you're saying. Yeah. It's the it's the complete opposite of everything you think fighting's all about. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's the uh, smaller guy manipulating yeah. the bigger guy's momentum and momentum. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, it's look. It's the most effective martial art ever created in my mind, and it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if you want to know how to defend yourself or survive a prison riot i, I would learn jujitsu yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. that's been a top of my to-do list for a while so you might need to know now that you mention that. it that's great yeah. but that was great about the ufc in the mid 90s because nowadays um mixed martial artists are so well versed in yeah. every style and mm -hmm. so well rounded that i remember the appeal of the ultimate fighting championship yes. in the 90s was what style is superior? At least, like that was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, we've we've talked we've yeah. talked more than our share of old school UFC, but that was the idea. What style is superior? And it'd be right. sumo versus boxing right. versus pancration yeah. versus tank sudo. Yeah. White Tiger Kenpo. Kenpo yo, yeah. shout wow. out Sensei Keith Hackney. Wherever you're at, Sensei Keith. All glory to I'm Sensei sure he Keith Hackney. <laughs> I'm sure, sure you're watching, Keith. You're so, out there. So, Williamson, you, so for three years, you wrestled there. 
Not really. I mean, I didn't. I, I wasn't really a, like a standout wrestler. I, I wasn't. It wasn't something that I really pursued there. Um, but it was something I did while I was there. Yeah. Um, but it, you know what it was at Williamson? The 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 winter break. You had to go to wrestling practice over the winter break too, where it was like you never got home. So that was one of the big reasons why I really didn't right. want to wrestle while I was there. But I had I had the background yeah. in wrestling. And home was Briarcliff through this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Briarcliff, man. You, you put them on the map. That's Damn for sure. right. Just like I'd like to think Thug Folk put Collingdale on the map. Damn right. Sammy O did that for Briarcliff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I would love, though? I really <laughs> did. When they would announce, like, I fought in Bellator, and they would yeah. say, from Briarcliff, Pennsylvania. I don't know. It just always excited me before oh, yeah. a fight. I loved it. Oh, God, that's and, the best part. Cooler to say. And, of course, you fought representing Philadelphia before, but so cool to actually give a shout to one of the small towns that we live in here in Delco. Like, whether here in Briarcliff, and I remember your style at the time was you had the froey type hair. Oh, yeah. With the Briarcliff headband. Damn right. In the old English script. And it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was the realest shit ever, dude. That's how you got to represent, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. If you're getting a Collingdale tattoo across your stomach, <laughs> it's going to be in that, uh, that old English that script. Old English it's got to be. Like yeah, the yeah. shirts that we had. Yeah, from the, uh, the, the Dr. Dre uh, Easy E uh, yeah, yeah, lettering, yeah. 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 Hell so yeah. You so, kind of go from that, um, that wrestling, so how does that kind of, like, you know, transform itself into MMA? Like, did you get into a raid from college, or was there a few years off where you worked, or, you know? I, I hated my job. I worked at a refinery, and I, I just wasn't happy with my life. And I'm one of those people, when I get when I get so disgusted with myself, I'll make really big decisions. I will. Um, and I just, it was a, like a general unhappiness. I didn't like what I, what I did. I went to school... And I was so excited to graduate. And then you get a job that you're really not excited about. Yeah. You feel like, oh, I'm just going to die one day. Yeah, My is this life's it? Yeah, is this it? Is this all that, well, you know, all that work? Is this what it's... Yeah, this is what happens. So you had, like, something nagging at you. You know what? Yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, it just made me want to train more. And I would train so often. I would compete. I did a lot of grappling tournaments, mm -hmm. um, which really is the best way, in my opinion, to get better at... Or to, like... Prepare yourself for an MMA fight. Like the more you're competing in like, uh, like a grappling tournament. And the reason why I say that is because if, when you're getting punched in the head, like if you're doing boxing, like you're risking injury, and you can always risk injury in a jujitsu uh, match. But it's it's competition, so you get that one on one competition. But at the same time, too, you're not really taking punches to the head or any severe injuries. So it's like. It would be like being in a band and playing like once a week. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you can just keep playing, keep playing. Keep yeah, playing. you keep yourself into it. You're in shape. So you're, you're doing all that stuff and it kind of, I mean, what clicks? Is there a first kind of like, um, you know, with the grappling, there's something, was somebody there that, you know, was into MMA kind of promoting or like what made you kind of switch? Because I would assume that not everyone that gets into this has the tools or the yeah. skill set right. to take it to the level you so took it to. someone's kind of got to be like, oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah, so uh, it was. I got my purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I, I did that in two years, which is considered like a quick a quick turnaround to get your purple belt. Right. Right. Um, and I remember just thinking in my head, like, you should, if you can do this in two years, you should push yourself to do a fight. So then I, um, I started training at the Fight Factory in Fishtown, and that's where I met Eddie Alvarez. Sure. Um, and a bunch of other great guys like Zach Makovsky, another great guy. It's where mm -hmm. I met Joey Pfeiffer at. Okay. Um, Steve McCabe, Will Martinez, uh, Jesus Martinez. All these guys were guys I would train with. Um, and you got when you were training with Eddie Alvarez, you got better fast, you know. And then you got to skip certain parts because you're learning from like one of the best one guys of the best, in the world, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. And Eddie's a great guy. He's a yeah. mentor of mine. So one of I my, got lucky. I yeah. Guess. One of my best friends from high school, his claim to fame is that he got smoked by Eddie Alvarez. In <laughs> they were both like 135 and Eddie just smoked him. Oh, at wrestling? Yeah, Neil Gilligan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I remember that match. Yeah, Neil's a great Neil's wrestler. Neil's a great wrestler, too. too yeah. Great wrestler. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eddie was just, he, uh, he, was, he was quick. Um, he, he was very strong and he was intense when he would wrestle. It was yeah. fun to watch. And he would beat, I remember he would go up in weight classes to like the kids that were like undefeated, and Eddie would move up in weight just to beat them. You know what I mean? Really? Oh yeah, Eddie yeah. was like that. Yeah, it wow. was cool to watch. Yeah, I mean he go up 20, 20, 30 pounds. 
so I think he was a 45 pounder and the one kid he was from LaSalle he had a Superman tattoo on his arm <laughs> but I was like looking back on it I was like super small half, it was show, like, half, <laughs> half show him your shoulder what, what you? <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah, I, he was a 160 pounder, so I that would be two weight classes up. And yeah. Eddie, I remember the kid was crying because he had never lost. Yeah, and he <laughs> got smoked by Eddie the Alvarez. Pussy. And I remember the kid's parents were there, and they were upset too. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, Eddie smoked him. So at that point, like on that level with the wrestling, is it for Eddie to go up weight classes? Is it power or leverage? Where I know that jujitsu is more can be more of a leverage game, or is it both? I guess. Yeah, I think with, with Eddie and with, like wrestling, it's it's a lot of like how how quickly can you cover distance um, and get in on the right spot? You know what mm. I mean? Like Eddie was super fast, and I remember he could change levels very quickly. Um, which yeah, if you're wrestling somebody, that's kind of like it, yeah. it would be like falling over. When you're getting crossover, like when you're getting crossover in a basketball game, yeah. it's embarrassing yeah. kind yeah. of when it happens. Yeah. You're like, oh, you got me. Yeah. So, no, Eddie was, uh, he, and again, I mean, he was a UFC world champ. He was right. a Dog world champ. Mm-hmm. He was a Bellator world champ. And you meet him and you get with him while he's at the height of this, or is this before his? This is when Eddie Alvarez, I think the everyone who knows now is starting to know Eddie Alvarez is the real deal at this mm-hmm. time. Because this was right before he fought Kawajiri. And if you ever watch Eddie Alvarez versus Kawajiri, that is still to this day. I mean, the only fight that I I enjoy watching just as much is Fedor versus Krokop. Yeah, um, Pride, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, like oh, I love that. Yeah, and, and Eddie fought this guy in Pride uh, or Dream. It was called Dream, which was Pride, where you can kick to the guy. Soccer, soccer kicks oh, are legal, yeah, right? The real, wow. the real, real yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> Do they? Is it a tournament style, or is that just when they do the Grand Prix event? No, they would do tournament styles, but it wasn't the same fight in the night. Like it used to be, though. So you would do a tournament, but it wasn't multiple fights in one night. Man, which is, I, okay, yeah, that's like... <laughs> I miss tournament style. If you do I miss tournament fight, style as a fan. I mean... I no don't matter cr- how long it goes, you don't want to fight somebody I watched Karate Kid multiple times, and like, you know, they were... Daniel something was fucked up, but he went back in for that last one. We know what I, happened. I just saw a meme recently, because that's how I get most of my news and opinion <laughs> these days. I saw a meme the other day where the crane kick is actually illegal, because in the karate tournament, it was not... Full power strikes were not allowed, oh. and the crane kick is full yeah, power. You're, you're, no, there's no restraint there. Yeah, you're shooting the kill with that one. Yeah, man. I love I love the crane kick because you know me. I love I love it martial works. arts. I love martial arts styles that are exotic and beautiful and deadly. Yeah, you yeah. know, in equal parts. That's, that's always a, been my trademark. That's it, that's <laughs> it, it has. I can vouch for that. But so you meet the, and you're doing that, and when do you become? When's your? I mean, you had a few amateur bouts before you turned pro. Yeah, I had two amateur fights. Um, and what year are we? 2008, right when the Phillies won the World uh, Series. Great time to be. Yeah, that was my in, first in amateur fight. A lot of us had a lot of amateur fights around those times. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of McFadden's that weekend. Yeah. yeah, that parade was awesome. That was, was a cool awesome, parade. Dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 2008 and then 2009, June of 2009 was my, my first pro fight at the Trump Marina in Atlantic okay. City. Yeah. Um, and... And then it was like a snowball rolling down a hill, you know? There was a lot of things that I did wrong. Um, there was a lot of things that I didn't know I was doing wrong as it was as it was happening. Right. Um, and, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, when you're looking back, it always, yeah. you know, could have, Te- would have, should have. Right. But technically, you got in young, right? You, I mean, not older. You were older when you started, right, than most people kind of get in? Yeah, really, when you think about it, I mean, starting training and really not taking it serious but starting when i was like 18 19 you know yeah mm-hmm. that's considered getting into it late right um like joey pfeiffer has been into it since he was five years old you know doing grappling really? tournaments oh, yeah wow. yeah yeah and i mean he would come to the gym all the time when he was and joey kid. now just to explain his background you, that that's who you're uh coaching that's now. who i coached yeah i coached yeah. joey i got to help joey during the beginning part of his career where the beginning part of your career, your fighting career, is so important because there's a lot of there's a lot of things you have to learn in a short period of time, um, and you have to be able to fight too. Yeah. Um, and you have to be able to get the right fights, grow your brand, and kind of get used to the lifestyle of how you're going to have to live to 
continue to, continue to do this. On, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's got to be a commit. It's a life commitment, right? Full, yeah. full committed. Like, full, all four seasons. What's that seasons? lifestyle like, yeah. Sam? It's, uh, and I'm sure it changes from person to person. But are we talking daily training? Are we talking moving away from your family and living in a like, yeah, living some, at a training facility? For some like, people, generally. for some people, it is. Joey's fortunate now that like when I started. The Philadelphia fighting scene, mixed martial arts, wasn't where it is today. Um, and now they are actually growing like real fight teams to where yeah. Joey trains with Sean Brady, Andre Petrowski, um, a bunch of other really great guys with uh, John Marquez and Daniel Gracie, um, where they, they have a team now. They have a team of guys. Based that, in Philadelphia? Yeah, based in Philadelphia. So... It's awesome, and a lot of UFC fighters will come spend the week there too, train with the guys. So Joey's getting to train with a bunch of different people. And when you say team of guys, group of guys that train together, give that each are, other that feedback, are, mentor each that other, are UFC fighters, or you know, fully committed to becoming UFC. And fighters. do they pull their resources? Because I know, like you know, it's tough. You got to train. I mean, you can't really have, um, you know, a normal job. I mean, you you, when you were um, you can't. in your career, like you had to kind of make a decision, right? Between you know, to, when you were going pro, like yeah, you know, like to, it's not something where you can do the normal nine to five and put your all into, right? You got to make a choice. It's one hundred percent. You have to be uh, what, what the the definition of commitment is to devote oneself unreservedly. Mm. There has to be zero reservations. That's one thing. Like I would always beat in the Joey's head. It's like. You have to find a way to live a lifestyle to where you're not, you know, living beyond your means. You're not even like you're almost you, you, you live at home with your parents or, you know, yeah. like you get like a, a setup where um, you can live very, very simply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have to do that. And, and then you have to find ways to make money. Yeah. So I would always show them like getting sponsors, being able to promote people's companies, and then it grows your network, and then people get invested into your career and like want to see you succeed. It's it's important to them, um, and you you'll attract people that they're not looking for a return. They're just happy to help someone who's in that situation going after what they want. Um, and then at the same time too, like it, that's not always easy. And in the beginning part of your career. You have to take the right fights at the right time to get noticed, there's and you're not making any I'm money. Sure, yeah, I'm sure there's luck in like picking somebody at the right time and all that. It's timing, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it, because the I'm I'm guessing the the difference is very small at that level. Like everybody's tough as shit. Everybody's got good dimensions, length, and all that. Like so, like it's it's something minor that the one guy does that the other doesn't that separates. I'm sure, and then you know luck thrown into it. That that's a that's got to be a huge thing, huge, huge, and and I'll tell you what too. Like, uh, I'll I'll mention someone who's out there fighting now in the UFC from Delaware County, Andre Petrowski. I watched Andre Petrowski's. I, th- I think it was his pro debut, right? Mm. The, he gets smoked with an overhand right, um, dropped. Like he wasn't knocked out, but like right. to the point where you're like, oh, startled. Yeah, like where this guy could have finished you. Yeah, and uh, you know. He, Andre gets back, wins, like recle- collects himself, shows heart, shows determination, beats this kid. But I mean, there's an example of somebody who just choked out um, a, a guy that was already trying to challenge uh, Kazimat Shemaev. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Shemaev, yeah. And uh, uh, Andre walks in there and chokes the guy out in a minute wow. 30 in the first round. You Sam, know what I mean? So, Sam, what's that like? Like the, the getting, getting clipped? Like, what does that feel like? Oh, I read man. something. Uh, I read something from uh, Justin Gaethje j- just this week. He said uh, when he fought um, Charles Oliveira, I saw that today. He, yeah, he, it felt like like a battery, and his tongue was like stinging like a, it was on like hooked to a battery for like a minute. It's like getting shocked. It shocked. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like getting yeah. shocked. Um, so there was two fights where I got rocked. Right, the one it felt like I was on the gravitron upside down. Um, he hit me in my Saint temple. Yeah. Saint Joe's Carnival. Yeah. Did you ever go upside down on the gravel? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I thought you went on I was too backwards. busy gambling that dollar gambling <laughs> game at the end of the parking <laughs> lot to go on rides. It's the first yeah. time I gambled with Josh O'Hagan. I, your like, dad owned a bar, O'Hagan's. So, like, Josh always had money on him. He had, like, 100 bucks. I'm like, yeah, let me borrow 20. I, won, <laughs> I, I ended up, like, winning, like, 60 bucks. I didn't even think to pay him back. I was just like, oh, I got 60 now. Josh is probably looking at me like, yeah, dude, you have 40. 
But uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, I remember playing, and they didn't. My kids could play. It I remember day. losing a lot of money and crying and like trying to get more money from my mom to play more. <laughs> nice. Like I definitely got addicted to it. It's a good thing you didn't get involved. Yeah. But so that's, you, yeah. you got rocked so hard, it felt like you were on the Gravitron upside down. Upside down. In St. Joe's parking lot. On the St. Joe's parking lot. And yeah. then the second time was my last fight. And it felt like when you were a kid and some, you, you know, like my brothers would grab me by my hands and spin me in a circle as fast as I could to the point where you weren't having fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The big <laughs> distinction like, there. Fun, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. And I like Sam, I know Sam's family from growing up. They're all 6'4 and, and you know gigantic guy so you like i mean speak on that a little bit growing up with your, your family yeah. i'm sure that was a big influence on you know oh, yeah. fighting i know um you've spoken about your your mom and dad a lot and, yeah. and the influence they had like so that you know coming up you know what's that kind of background um so i'm the youngest of of six kids there was four boys and two girls um all legends yeah yeah, yeah. all yeah. absolute I had, legends i had awesome big growing up i had awesome big brothers like yeah my my brother Nicky was uh, you know just just by his his mentality was he was always number one. So like my oldest brother was always like in first place in anything he wanted to do. Oh, well, he's the oldest. Yeah, remember that, Sean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so my brother Tommy would like uh, I think it made him such a better brother because like. Nikki would always like Nikki was first at everything. You know what I mean? So shout out Tommy had, O. Yeah, Tommy's the best. Yeah. Tommy's the best big brother you you could ever ask for, man. He really is. It's like having Tommy as a brother is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Benny was always like super dangerous. So it was because he never Accurate. really had a shot. So he had to be more dangerous than the other two. So it was a nice collection of <laughs> of attitudes. Yeah, I know I exactly what you mean. Shout out, yeah. Mister Wildcard, Benny O. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like you know, you know five, like, in other ways, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, so you have four brothers and two sisters. I have three brothers, so I'm, I make four, and then I have two sisters. And I will say this: my uh, my sister Frances is two years older than me. Shout out Franny O. Shout out to Francis. Shout out Franny O. And I remember when I was little, Francis used to maul me. Like, <laughs> it was it was awful. Like, it, it would be like people were like, we should break it up. Like, we should stop that girl from beating up that boy this bad. This is awful. <laughs> and I remember when I fought that guy, Ghidris in Bellator. Yeah. And I lost, but there was a moment where he was beating me up. Was he the Russian guy? Yeah, Lithuanian. <laughs> it was on Spike TV, right? Yep, yep. Oh, dude, I was at, I was at Maggie's setting up for my gig. I'm like, my friend's about to fight. Yeah. And every time I looked up, wasn't going your way. Oh, man, that guy, that guy <laughs> tossed yeah. me. And it was like, uh, I remember in that fight, as he's like punching me and my arms trapped, it reminded, I got like a flashback to when my sister would beat me up. That like, is awesome. Like, this feels, like, I felt this before when, and it was like, yeah, yeah the, when Francis would maul Franny and pigtails on top of you, beating the shit out of you. <laughs> the flashback with the Giorgio's water ice truck jingle in the yeah, background. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that, that's great. So you, uh, in, um, your parents, you're the youngest, so that, that kind of like, being the youngest and watching and learning from your siblings and your parents, like that kind of created that mindset to be a fighter because, you know, you don't just get that money. You could be a tough guy, but you need, like you, like we said, you need to kind of have the mindset to put the time in and change your life. Oh yeah. To be that dedicated to, you know, go after that dream. And, and I'll tell you what, like uh, you, there's a part of fighting where you'll be in a fight with somebody and it's like uh, you got to look inside your soul. There's mm -hmm. a moment where you're like, what am I actually really made of? And, you know, having uh, that that why or that, you know, that part of your story that actually turns you into a fighter. So um, it's it's such an important part of it. And. Part of it is like losing. You can lose a fight in the locker room. You know what I mean. So, mm. um, no is that is that what mean is that what being a fighter means to you? Is is going within yourself to find find out who you are? Because yeah. knowing who you are, I mean, I don't know everything, every last thing about you, but I know that you're not a guy that needs to be the center of attention. It's not about hey, everyone look at me. Um, is that what led you to to the fight game to dig within yourself? Yeah, I, I'd say that was definitely. Uh, like searching for something bigger than you, yeah. being a part of something bigger than you. Yeah, yeah. Your spot in the world. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ex exactly. Like I got a place to fill, and it's right here, and I'm the only person that can fill it. Um, I, I, I would say that was a big part of it. Um, I think 
I think the uncertainty of it, and also, too, like, growing up, there are certain things that happen to you um, where, like, you, may, you get punched in the face, right? You're like, I never want that to happen to me. And then you get a little bit older and somebody else does something to you, and you're like, I never wanted that to happen. To and then it gets worse, and it gets worse. And I think part of, you know, pursuing a fighting career was having things happen to you where you were like, I don't want this to happen again what do I do to make sure it never happens again? And it's like, hey, go in there and fight somebody. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah, yeah. that's going to be, at the end of the day, that is the highest form of confrontation, right? Kind of like a like getting in a fist fight with yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. So if you can handle yourself in there, uh, like changing careers, doing other things in life, mm. it's not that it was easy, but it was... It was a it was a road or a path you were willing to walk, you know. Right, and you've taken that mentality into every. I mean, that's at your core. I mean, that's who you are. Like knowing you, I know, I know that. And then, uh, but you've taken that in every. Uh, you know, as a as a family man, as a father, um, as a family man, and other avenues that we'll get into. That uh, you've gone from your fighting career, like you've taken that all. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, when you read like so. Again, I wasn't like a world champion. I wasn't, um, you know, fighting main events and making millions of dollars. But when you build yourself as a fighter and then when you take a, your life changes, which everyone's life does, right. um, you're like, um, like you have to create a new identity. And then yeah. when you're fighting, part of it's ego and you have to have an ego when you fight. Yeah. So when you're cha like changing careers or trying to find a new path, it was the hardest, but the thank God I had these experiences because if I like knowing I can get through that, I can get through this. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you find that some of these battles, everything is kind of with within yourself? Like, uh, you know, obviously there's yeah. sometimes you're matched up uh, with a guy that's physically like you know you're not, like, but I mean, there's always something that you can like do better to fix it. So you kind of. Like you can beat anybody on any night. Yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah, I, I, I still firmly believe that. Like, so, you, like from a loss, you can take something, and be like, oh, you know, like, and work on things in yourself to, to where like you think that you know that that would make you better prepared. You can always just kind of work on yourself and kind of. I think that's like you. In order to get better in life, in order to advance, like you need criticism. Yeah, and it's like and failure. Exactly. So when you lose. It is, uh, whether you want the criticism or not, it's like the best dose of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, remember a safe bet, even when it's going great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You get clipped and lights out, right? I mean, it's dangerous. It's, uh, it's super dangerous. Do you get scared? You get nervous before a fight? Are you? No, I never really gotten, I never gotten nervous like that before fights. Um, which I, I, my favorite part of the fight was the actually right before you walked out. Like that was. That part. Yeah, because it was uncertain. It was total uncertainty. But for some reason, you you were totally fine with the uncertainty you were walking into. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, um, you were prepared. You put. And the I would work imagine in. that's where all the hours of training comes in. Yeah, exactly. Because you put the work in. A fight, in the purest sense, is a stressful environment for your your oh, mentality, super for your body experience. But yeah. yeah, yeah, and and just our bodies are programmed to the whole fight or flight. But by the time you're ready to walk down to the octagon or the ring, um, you've drilled it so many times, yeah. and I'm you've sure already that, got popped so yeah. many times in training camp that you're not even worried about that. It's all—is it all strategy at that point? Are you—is it muscle memory, or are you just so calm in the moment that it is a chess game, or is it a combination? Oh man, it's it, <laughs> so like your first couple—it's—you're in a dream, yeah. Wow. And, but when you start becoming like, oh wow, I know what's going on, right? Um. It's a weird feeling where, like, an hourglass, like, the, the, you're constantly, like, waiting for your opportunity and trying to be, you know, show aggression or, you know, be assertive in there. Yeah. But for me, at least, it was, I, I just wanted the guy to make a mistake, a mistake that I trained for them to make. Right. You know what I mean? Being left-handed like you are, like, is that a big thing? Like, that's a, like a... That's a positive. Like you, somebody kind of throwing you, kind of, kind of, because people aren't expecting that left clip. Go into a room where people are sparring, and if there's two southpaws in there, there's a lot of there's a lot of lefties in that room. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's always been an advantage to where like you can kind of wait for that first shot that they throw, sloppy move, slip, slip, and and kind of get them. Yeah. So like, the thing that I always liked was 
eventually an orthodox fighter will imagine he's fighting an orthodox fighter. Yeah, eventually. Because they'll, they'll they're fighting, make the mistake. Their instincts will kick in, and then they'll forget all that training, like, oh, I'm doing a lefty, do something, and then boom, you kinda, your natural kind of... I'm, I'm always moving to that side where... Yes. Because I'm only seeing righties, and then a righty is eventually, yeah, like he's eventually going to think he's fighting a righty. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, my one, that head kick, that nine-second head, I mean, he did what all righties naturally do, which is, like, they're they're slipping a jab, mm -hmm. so they lean to their right. And I would watch that guy, and I'm like, he does it every fight. It's, it was like a nervous tick in the beginning yeah. of the fight. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to throw it out there. And if it misses, it misses. But if it hits... Yeah. Lights out. Yeah, you're a genius. Yeah. And, and you are. Yeah, and you became he, a genius. He ducked right into it, man. Dude. Now... We said like uh, what getting knocked out feels like. As far is there's any kind of way to get knocked? Out? What hurts? More? Like does a kick hurt worse than a par? Is it once the lights are out or the lights out? All right. So if you're talking about like like physical pain, you're right. The two worst places, and it would be a kick, would be um, like right above your knee, like that portion right above your knee, and getting kicked in the liver by someone who knows liver. how to kick you in the liver. liver. Is the absolute and where is that? Because mine's shot. I don't your think right it side, right there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Buzz Rutan's move, right? Oh my goodness! Wait, you the punch yeah. or the kick? Uh, what it was a liver attack? But but was his was his trademark it, a liver kick or a liver punch? Punch. He would maybe? say punch, but when you watch his fights, he would kick people more in the liver. But it was yeah. liver was the the target. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what is, what is it? Is it a sting? Does it like just paralyze you for a second? It's a delayed reaction. It's really uh. weird. It's like the it's like your liver absorbs all the impact. And it takes a second for it to send a signal to like your body oh, to be like, like a sponge, maybe like shut down immediately. And it's weird because it hurts when you breathe, but it hurts when you hold your breath. It hurts when you crouch down, but it hurts when you stand up. Like yeah. no matter what you do to yeah. relieve the pain, it makes it worse. Jeez. Yeah. Just this weekend or two nights ago, the Usman kick. That's what I How want to ask that? you about that. Yeah, I mean, Edwards is getting beat. Like, I mean, he's got, like, what, a minute left? And, Edwards, you know, Edwards is methodically the best. And then, boom, he, he dropped a little bit. Guess, yeah, man. and I saw that. And, like, he was just kind of, like, in la-la land for 10, 15 seconds. But, like, when you get knocked out like that, there's just no – you don't even come back for, what, 20, 15, 20 seconds? Uh, well, it's, where he got hit at, yeah. I, I always say this, he, he got kicked in the neck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's different than getting kicked in the head. When you get kicked in the neck, it's like when you get kicked in the head, someone pulls the plug out of the computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you get kicked in the neck, it's like when a CD skips. You know what I mean? Where uh, it could skip for a while. It could skip for a split second. Yeah. You know what I and mean? And is that the impact disrupting the blood flow? I think so. Yeah, like kind of causing that little gap. Maybe that, like a little. And then you think about the Sounds shock, good to me. The shock. <laughs> That's scientifically. The, the shock going up the back of your, like, right? Cause yeah. Your neck is absorbing the shock, and then you have your 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 neck, your spinal cord, your brain stem. Yeah. I think it has something to do with that, too. Wow. Man, because I, I saw that this in, uh, I, I thought, it, I was like, oh, this is great. We're going to have Sammy on. And just the way that went down, like, and that's the whole thing. Fight, like, with fighting also, like, it's that split second. Like, you can be losing, but as long as you kind of keep your head in it, and you got the cardio, and you got the stamina... There's openings like anybody like any given Sunday anybody can win a fight like you were saying earlier. That was the fourth round or the fifth round. He was I believe the there was a minute fifth. left. It was the fifth round. Yeah. It was the fifth yeah. round with a minute left. Minute left. Yeah, yeah, that's Anything awesome. Can happen at any time. Yeah, lots of ways to win, lots of ways to lose. And, in it, MMA. and it, when you're at that high of a level, it, becomes, it comes down to like who's going to make the mistake, not new, not who's going to be superior. Yeah, because everybody's crushing it every yeah. every step of the way. It's who makes that first mistake. Yeah. Quick analogy: I've got this bowling game on my iPad. I'm really crushing it at, <laughs> and I've gotten to the point where I've built myself up to a level where it's not who gets the most strikes because it's everyone's throwing a strike every round because it's a really high level. Yeah. But it's like who misses that one strike? Who gets nine yeah. pins down instead of the and strike? And it goes back to what it's we were who saying, makes the first mistake? What we were saying earlier. It's who's, the same thing. Who's the one in those early days that puts in the other extra hour? You know, that put that runs the extra lap around the block. Like, who the, who's the one that changed their life completely instead of like changing their life a little bit, but still going out on the weekends and hanging with the girls oh, and drinking? Yeah. So those little things then might be the, that little thing that we think up oh, that just happened. Like, maybe you know, it's, it's the, a lifestyle. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the universe it's rewarding that person. You know, and, and you know what? I and when you chase your dreams with courage, mm -hmm. like you do, get rewarded. You do. Yeah. Um. 
but man, you got to get rid of that safety net. And I, I think that's with anything in life, though. It is. Right. Yeah. So, and then with fighting, we'll segue into you uh, politically. Yeah. You took a stab at the state senate, and you're. I hope you, your hat's in the ring for good because, I mean, the the sky's the limit for you. Thank uh, you. Politically, you know, you you're out there. You do the cleanups in Philadelphia. Thank Take you. us through that. Like, how'd you get started with that? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it all really started organically. It really did. Like, I moved to Philadelphia. Uh, what what year is this? This is 2019. Like four, okay. four months before the start of the pandemic. So I, you know, like Amanda's from Ridley. My my fiance is from Ridley. So convincing her to move to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about that, right? That's yeah. very. I'm very convincing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but are. it took it took several years. Yeah. Um. So we move here. We send our kids to new schools. Where you know, and then all of a sudden the world shuts down. But yeah, that's. Whew. Philadelphia went through a, a bigger change, I think, than the surrounding areas. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Um, For sure, because the, the, the whole shutdown in the city was a lot more rigid, a lot more extreme yeah, yeah. than, let's be serious, here in Delco, where... Yeah, that COVID shit's yeah. fake. Yeah, yeah, we're not, not closing our bar. Dude, half the bars didn't yeah. shut down. Let's be yeah. serious. Yeah, just not going back really to where you're getting in. But Philly had to play the, you know, to the... A little safer. They had to play their cards. You had to play it down the middle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and I, and even even some of the later ones that happened, some of the shutdowns, Philly had to do stuff then. Delaware County, we're just like, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. So you move there, and like, so that's a tough time to get started in any type of thing. And and were there positives to to, to, to oh yeah of that too? Because yeah, it's negative and all that. But I'm sure that you know, as a family, you had some time to kind of learn you know the neighborhood, the house. Like, oh yeah. So yeah how was that? You. You become more resourceful too, which I which I like. But no, so I, I compare everything to Delaware County. Like living in Philadelphia, I try to like when I talk to other Delaware County people, I'm like, <laughs> this neighborhood's like this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I live. Analogies are big. Yeah. <laughs> I, I live in Bridesburg, and it's like uh, it reminds me of where it reminds me of Briarcliff. Like I I love the neighborhood. Like yeah. your best friends with your neighbors. Our neighbors are 76 years old. Um, Bridesburg, uh, for people that don't know, is that around the Kensington area? Yeah, it's close. It's close. Uh, it's if you're if you're driving through Fishtown, right mm -hmm. uh, down Richmond Street, then you'd you'd hit Port Richmond. Yeah, and Burns. Then, yes, uh, I love those Burnsies. wings. Yeah, love Burns. Yeah, I used to live in uh, West Ken East Kensington, right uh, the border of Fishtown and Kensington. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah Montgomery and, that, and Howard. Okay, yeah, I yeah. know exactly where you are. But yeah, uh, yeah so the, the, so you're right down. That's where that is. Kinda? It's right north of uh, Port Richmond is Bridesburg, so it's a it's a pretty nice it's a nice little pocket. It's a very hidden um, neighborhood that I, I I love, and the people are like when you start attacking the politicians and you're on the like the Bridesburg neighborhood page and you bring up something you don't like of it, they'll be like, I hate that scumbag. Like, you're like, you're like uh, that's the bond. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it feels like here already. Right for the neck. Yeah, that's Molotov as hell. Yeah, it feels you just hug, like It's here. real sweet. Uh, you, you, you settled in nicely then. Yeah, yeah. So uh, dumping was a big problem. Uh, the short dumping, right? So the trash, people just dump the trash and then when that happens, it just sends a message that you can do whatever you want in this neighborhood. It sets a precedent that it's like, okay, and yeah. That's how it happens. I work in slope. Kensington, so it's like, it it creeps in that way, and then yeah. Yeah. that goes unchecked, and then more, more bad things start happening to a neighborhood. So I wanted to uh, do something about it. We started cleaning up. Um, it was funny because I was so mad because they would do these boom parties. You have to see it. They have the speakers of the size of like uh, like a fireplace. They're gigantic. They're like that. Yeah. And they put them on top of their cars and they blast reggaeton. Reggaeton. What time of day is this? This is yeah, until four in the morning. Oh, oh Jesus God, Christ. So there's no, there's no policing it? It's just a, you got to... Well, I live in the 24th police district, which is like had the most homicides last year. Yeah, there's bigger fish to fry than turn than yeah, like, turn dude, down yeah. this reggaeton. Just uh, get used to it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, that that's that's not a, not a livable situation. So you took it in the like, what do you? I was getting upset because it's school nights. My kids yeah. have to go to school the next day, and if your kid wakes up crying on a school night because someone's being loud, 
it's a it's a it's a feeling you don't want to feel. Yeah, it's, uh, as a father, it, it's a mad that you don't even never experience like an anger, like you know. It's I'll, a, it's your I'll kid. go and drive, and I'll confront these people. Yeah, kind of yeah. anger, which you don't want. You yeah, know? right. Um, full gay. <laughs> Full gay or no? You want to see my brown belt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. sure you want to Hold on, this? get the kids inside while I change for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's great. So I'm going to explode. Just give me 15 minutes of change. I'll find the key somewhere. How long is this going for until you're, you know, you're going up to, like, I guess the community center and complaining? Like, how long until it's like, you know what, I got to do something myself for the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, well, I started doing the cleanups. So that happened, I mean, quickly, and it was fun, and you got to meet people, and mm -hmm. it was like during COVID, so they're like, nobody's allowed outside, but I was like, well, yeah, you can go outside. It's yeah. okay to go outside. Um, uh, and it became like a group fitness class. I almost. would see them on Facebook. They were awesome. Yeah. Like, and everybody in, our, in the community in Delaware County would see them and watch them and be like, wow, that's, it's amazing. The before and after photos were just Incredible. Yeah, can, yeah. If you have like 10 people, if you have like 10, 15 motivated people, you can do damage. You really can. Um, so that started. I, I started like talking to more people They where they're like, you should run for office. And I looked into it. And at this time, like I, I saw a great opportunity to learn, like to peek my head behind the curtain, see what, what's really going on. Um, and to, I think running a campaign is something that I've always wanted to do, but it's, you get to meet everybody and then yeah. you get to collect data. Like, where do people like me at? Where do people not mm -hmm. like me at? You know what I mean? And then after the election, you get to see who actually is the who, the who's who. The who's who of the neighborhood, yeah. Like, who's been lying to me? Who's making stuff up? And who's actually, you know, the real yeah. deal? yeah. Um, and surprisingly, you know, it's, it's a lot different than you think, you know? Yeah. Now is the neighborhood, uh, gentrified or is it more, are they, have they been there for a hundred years, these families or? So what I loved about my district was Allegheny Avenue. It's not like this anymore. They redistrict everything. Allegheny Avenue was the Southern border. And when I really, you have to get. You have to get, you know, super strategic and you have to ask yourself, like, yeah. all right, I'm going to have to do these things to win the election. One of them is knock on doors. When you go north of Allegheny Avenue, it's more of people from Philly. Yeah. It's not the transplants that might have came from, you know, the they want roof decks type. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. It's the, the indie band from the hipsters. Yeah. yeah. The hipsters yeah. are down that way, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. the it's the real Philly people and right. like one of the reasons why I love Delaware County is because it's really when you looked at it, the hard working there's a tons of hard working good people, good families, people where they took pride in giving their kids the best education and pushing yeah. them to be the best version of themselves. And that's what I like about Philly people. It's good, hard working people that will let you know if they like you or don't like you quicker than most people. Yeah. Which is great in and, of, in and of itself. And people from different locales around the country might see that as, might see that bluntness. They might interpret that as being rude. Yeah. But I think it cuts through a lot of red tape. It cuts you're, a lot of red tape. And we appreciate the shit. honesty and, and not wasting anyone's time. Mm -hmm. We're easy people to win over, I feel like. Just work hard and just be real. And, and they will pick you for who you are. You right. know what I mean? Um, and I just, I, I love, I do love their honesty. I yeah. do. I'd so, rather you tell me you're not like me, yeah. but. Just because they don't like you today is, doesn't mean they're not going to like you tomorrow. Right. If you, they see you keep showing up and doing the stuff that you were doing, that'll change people's opinions right away. No matter what party, you know, that crosses any party lines, care of community, you know. Even myself, like I, 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 if somebody's out there doing it, don't matter what they, or if I voted a certain way, that's the person that, that's got my vote. That's, yeah. that's out, the, you know, out there caring about the community and wants the best for, you know, the future. And when, when you see the problems in Philadelphia... Mm -hmm. There are, they're not getting better. Um, it's only getting worse. And I, I really do believe that there are a lot of people, residents in Philadelphia, voters in Philadelphia, that are, aren't getting served by their politicians. Mm -hmm. um, and running the campaign, when you see how much money goes into winning an election, 
That I mean, it shocked. It really shocked me. It really. really... So there's deep pockets. It's kind of like old money, just funnel like funding the whole. And it's almost like yeah. the money that you spent on this commercial campaign. You could have really done something to change the lives of yes. a certain neighborhood. Yes, but, but it's all like that dog and pony show yeah. to win the election. But yep. meanwhile, you're just running on a treadmill, and all that energy can be used to benefit everyone. And you're basically shining the asses of the people who got you in there, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, right. You, you, at that point, you're in there. You owe so many favors to where, like, you know, you get there and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you had to do all these things to where, like, you're on your first day, you're already like, oh, my God. Like, I had, I had to scratch so many backs, like, because on the way up, was there, like, a, an opening there? Like, how was the opening for you to kind of slide? Did you have to go yeah. against, like, three or four other people in the No, party? it was a special election. Okay. So, uh, look... There, and and there's something about being a Republican in Philadelphia, right, where um, I don't think I'm like any other Republican in Philadelphia, um, and, and for many reasons. Mm. And w one of the big reasons is, you know, the neighborhood where I work in, I'm in black and brown communities all day long, um, and I prefer to be in there. I do. Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia is a majority black and brown city, so if I cater whatever I do to a certain group of people, it, it, it leaves out a whole nother group of people that you could be working with. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. So I love working in Harrogate. I, I love that neighborhood. I love being in the underserved neighborhoods of Philadelphia and I right. enjoy door knocking in them. So I think that separated me right off the bat from the Absolutely. majority of the people won't go into neighborhoods because they're uncomfortable, they're scared, or whatever it may be, but I'm I'm not that kind of person. No, you're not. Absolutely not. Yes. How yeah. does the real estate, your job, and, and how does it tie into each other, the political campaign, the politics, and the, I would think that they would work hand in hand. Oh, because yeah. Because you're in the, that community, you're out there for, you know, that, and you're serving, like, I, I, I think it's perfect for politics, your, your um, you know, your profession. I this is what I what I noticed about being in real estate in Philadelphia and politics they go they really go hand in hand mm. um it, it like in order to get done what you need to get done you have to be involved with the community you have to be involved with the community leaders the community groups the elected officials mm. um and you all have to work together it, it's really that simple um because if you're taking these abandoned buildings in a blighted section of the city and you're bringing life back to them and you're giving people opportunities to start businesses, you know yeah. what I mean? Because a lot of the buildings that you see us in, I mean, they're, they're being repurposed and being outfitted with entrepreneurs, with people that have their right. own hair, nails, sure. barbers, whatever it is. As far as work, jobs, though, what, what kind of jobs in that? Because, you, you know, you're saying kind of, a living situation, but I, I know that um, when Sugar House opened up about ten years ago, I don't know if that's worked out to where what they thought would you know would would open up a, you know thousands of jobs down there. Yeah. What is kind of the job? It hasn't worked out then? for me. The few times no, I've stopped by, yeah, I stop by on the way. Anytime I play in the Northeast, I'll stop by there like two a.m. I'm out there by like two o six. Yeah, and I look. It's at not the guy, supposed to work this it's way. It's supposed fucked. to work. Yeah, but like, are there you know companies that are opening up to where like the employment like. No, and that's another thing where, you know, I feel Philadelphia could do, the leadership could do so much more to attract good businesses, mm. good paying jobs. Um, we're a blue collar city. That's one of the big things that saved us during the coronavirus. Like New York, I mean, white collar city. Yeah. Um, all those office buildings, all those people working. In the, you know what I mean? It was dead or empty. And yeah. then you live in a smaller space surrounded by everybody. You need room to spread out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, I mean, that changed that changed a, a, a lot. But Philadelphia was insulated from it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah that was wild with, with New York and I'm sure a lot of other big cities. It's like shelter in place, but I live in a building. I know. 1,500 mm. people. It's really not. Yeah. We're all so, using like, the same got elevator. Our, We're yeah, all got our yeah. friends yeah. up in New York, you know, and... and and they were they were saying that to me like and everything's closed and yeah, yeah I'm yeah. spending a lot of money yeah. here yeah so how did the political how did it end like I mean you're obviously the, this last uh, run I lost you lost <laughs> uh, yeah but <laughs> I mean it'll never like uh, hopefully nah, hopefully you continue but uh, when was that when was the the running and did you run against yeah and, if you ask me the only that people go? that lost are the uh, constituents <laughs> I agree, I hear I you agree with half I agree with half but yeah. yeah when was that when was it when did it kind of end. 
you know, how long were you out there campaigning? A year or so? No, it was a special election, so it was a three month. And like, I got to tell you the story. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, and people kept talking to me, like asking me questions. You're gonna run. You're gonna run. You're gonna run. You're gonna run. And I look at it, it's like the Democrat Party announces Sean Dillon running for Fifth Senate District, and it was like all all of them together. Mm-hmm. They're in like their Adidas sweatpants. <laughs> They're wearing like they just took their hats off. You know what I mean? They have like yeah. hat hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's they they already thought they won. You know what I mean? Because being lazy like, like, like thinking not. It, yeah, thinking it's Philadelphia. You know? Yeah, the, we won. The, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they didn't even hey, have to. Put, they didn't even have to put the work in, which is messed up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I I wanted people to know, like, hey, you have another option here. Yeah. You know, and I, I of course, like, if you think you're going to win your first campaign, I think that's kind of it's either it's unrealistic, and I think it's arrogant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. What makes you think you're that good that you're going to just walk in here and win right off the bat, you know? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, a lot of people talk about it, but you've actually been about it, and you're not afraid to sacrifice your time, et cetera, to yeah. learn these big life lessons. How does yeah. that work with the family, your time? Dude, uh, it was, I mean... It, I mean, it's a lot of time you're putting out. It, it was... It's... it. I got to be honest. Like, running a campaign, you're never at home. Mm. Never. And... I guess I was lucky that your wife's I, a saint. Yeah, well, I always mess with Amanda though. I like Amanda's like, like Sam. Why don't you? Why don't you just drink beer and play Madden yeah. downstairs yeah. like everyone else? We haven't seen you in a week. He's not built <laughs> like that. It, it's uh oh man, it was the fact that I think I was. They were messing with me so bad, like stealing my signs, cutting my signs. Where are they him, really? They were doing all that. Even I'm there. Like, they were playing all those games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like like we want to send a message. Yeah, we want to send a message to Sam or Pizza. Yeah. Oh man. That's... So so when that's happening, I, Amanda was like so supportive of me, and I'm like, right. I swear, if she if, if this was like Sam's, everyone loves Sam. They're putting me on my shoulders and like pray to me, Amanda, be like, <laughs> that's it, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no more campaigning. <laughs> but I wasn't having fun. No, no I, I was having fun though. Yes. Yeah. And how many? How how long was it? The process. It was only three months. It was three like months, a three and a yeah. half month campaign where yeah. it was one of those things too where I'm one of those guys where I never want to be the person that's like three and a half months from now, I'm sitting there, you know, yeah. doing nothing or woke up late or something been like, man, I wonder if I would have won. You know what I mean? Yeah, or I wonder you, what would have happened. Yeah, you're an extremely been. driven dude. And like, yeah, like something like you're already sitting still. It doesn't seem like it sits well with you. Like yeah. you kind of got to be doing something like for your legacy like you're 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 trying to make your time here on earth as productive as possible absolutely i can't imagine you having too many just completely just wasted bullshit days i can see you getting up and whether you're training or whether you're pursuing some kind of goal Uh, that's yeah i there has i could be be wrong (laughs) it's almost like there has to be an opponent to fight some days i feel like like, i gotta calm down man like just Just be happy I'm, about everything. I'm sure we can find an opponent within the next few blocks once yeah. we're done uh, recording tonight, Sam. Damn right, man. Yeah, Let's go to Rome Any, streets, any local bar. Go to the Buck's Tavern, right? That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, down yeah, the shout out Buck Tavern. <laughs> That's great. So it, it ends. And, and like, uh, so what's the problem in the future? Like, what, what do you do? Kind of dust your wounds and, um, and kind of just, you know, stay with the real estate. Keep meeting people keep making connections and kind of do it again next time like what's your what's your so, goal one one thing i did notice like so short campaign benefits and you know like uh, then then there's things that aren't good you you like anything you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, this is good the, the pros and cons so it was uh, i'll work hard i'll outwork this guy yeah absolutely no doubt in my mind like anyone i'm running against if they work harder than me I, I hope they do because it's like Cause I, I kind of want to see what I do now. Uh-huh. Yeah, now I got to really turn it on. <laughs> right. So that excited me. I'm like, oh, man, so I could really run a good social media campaign, which matters because it's only three months. So maybe I could let more people know that I'm running than he could. And I did a good job with yeah. the social media campaign. Um, but the things that suck about it are in order to like really win an election in Philadelphia, you have to become a member of the community. And mm. for me to want to win an election in Philadelphia, I want to be a member of the community. I don't, I'm not, I'm not showing up just to be like, Hey, yeah, right. yeah, vote for me because it's something in the end. It my ego. feel good. You're yeah, actually going right. to roll up your sleeves and go to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, taking the time to become a member of the community, like I'm coaching in Parkwood for, you know, 
flag football, and right. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Shout out Parkwood flag football. <laughs> yeah, and some of those things. Some Yo, of those Parkwood things flag football is is you're lit. only yeah you're hey, only, man you're only three years in to the, all this, so like some of that yeah. stuff takes time, like coaching and yeah. And and yeah. my son wasn't even old enough to play flag football. Right. So you're now you're year. meeting the people and these people that, that are your kids' friends. They're the members of the community. So like yeah, you are you're doing the the groundwork now. Yeah. And you're and you just kind of keep your hat in the ring or like when it comes up again do any of the old timers come up to you after you kind of did and was like yo like you you impressed me kid like oh yeah the one guy was really cool so the neighborhood i work in harrogate shout out to harrogate harrogate, harrogate shout out harrogate yeah harrogate's the it reminds me of collingdale it does shout out collingdale <laughs> it's it was the mill section of of philadelphia so the the really cool thing about harrogate people are a lot of them went on to do extraordinary things. Like it, it was one of those neighborhoods where, to to grow up in Harrogate, it back in the uh, anything like nineteen, let's call it like nineteen eighty five and earlier. Yeah, probably best neighborhood ever. Like yeah. it really was. Yeah. Um, the guy's name was John Egan. He ran for mayor. He ran the Philadelphia Stock Exchange, but he's from Frankfurt and Venango, mm. and an older guy, but. He was so impressed to meet me and so happy and so excited. And it was cool because he started with coaching kids basketball. And he kind of struck me as somebody who, like, you know, you ever meet somebody who, like, they flip that greatness switch? Like, something happens one day and they're, it's not like it happened when they were kids. Like, but they always had that quality. Like, they yeah, were going to yeah. do something they just didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, and this guy's one of those guys. And, and he like, plugged it all in one day, put all the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. And he flipped that greatness switch. That's and he great. was, he always helped people too, which I, and, and that means something to me where you're like, people compare you to someone like that or someone like that wants to talk to you now, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's somebody who met that. that that's, that's incredible. I mean, uh, is it tough? I mean, is there a fighter's chance? Um, for a Republican in, in Philadelphia. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because for so many years, it was kind of like you had no shot. Like, they wouldn't even show up. You know, it was so kind of tilted. Uh, look at the situation that Philadelphia is in right now. Right. And, and nobody's happy about it. Right, right. Nobody thinks this is good. Mm. Um, if you can get out there, if you can talk to people, if you can show that you're here for the people, yeah. you're there to serve them, um, you, you really do have a shot. It's just in order to become a member of the communities in Philadelphia, it's going to take hard work and they're not going to be like, oh, you showed up today and you're telling me this. Now I'm going to believe you. They're, they're skeptical people. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They've heard it a million times. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're radar for bullshit is 100%. It's yeah. great. That's a great thing about Philadelphia where we're from. Like there's... We, we pick up on bullshit right away. And yeah. people take that as a negative trait, and it's an extremely positive trait. It is. I believe, yeah. Absolutely. Especially today. It's like, you shouldn't believe a word anybody says. Like, never, don't believe anything anybody says. Yeah. Like, like the biggest news event in the world could happen, depending on what channel you're watching. It's it's this happened or that happened. There's yep. no straight answers anymore. There's, there's no reliable every, source information. big psyops. Yeah, there's yeah. two truths. <laughs> there's two truths like we spoke about before. There's your truth, my truth. Like, you know, that's why I think people are sick and tired of that. Yeah. And somebody people like- People are fucking pissed Someone off. like Sammy coming in and like right away, y y y there's no bullshit. Doesn't matter what, you know, R or D, what's on a sweater. Like, you know, you- Oh, really, I love knocking on the doors that had yeah, signs. Exactly. That but, was my favorite thing. To but do. right away, there's no- It's really easy to change someone's mind. Like, if you, every, everyone's so entrenched one way or the other that you it's almost inconceivable that somebody from another political party is a good person. Yeah. And yeah. if you could just show that especially, in the most basic especially terms- Especially on the local level. I think politics is all local. You know, at the, oh, it's yeah. all at the local level, but at the local level, it's about service. You know, like yeah. when it gets way high, when it's national, I mean, it's it's so fucking poisoned by then. Like it's a popularity contest, and like who's fucking more corrupt? But at the local level, whoever's out there, like putting the work in, good family person. I think, I mean, the future, the sky's the limit for you. So I, you know, you, I'm I'm looking forward to you know you staying with the the political theater and taking over city hall one day. Uh, you know what, man? Because I'll be there with my acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be Asking awesome. For a gig. Oh man, that would be awesome. That every every be speech, like like a walk out to the ring. Yeah, like you're. Trying I'd like to, to be in the entourage. Hell yeah. Straight face. Hell yeah. That's that's a good. Speaking of the ring, so Joey Pfeiffer, 
Um, are you co- are you coaching him now? Shout out Body Bags Piper. Yeah, yeah Body Bags Piper just just made the MM, uh, UFC. Yeah, right. Smoked a guy. Sm- I saw. Yeah. yeah, LFA champ. Yeah, yeah, dude. And he's from what? Uh, Chichester area. Joey is originally from, uh, gosh, Pittsgrove, New Jersey. That's- oh, he's New Jersey originally. Yeah, I thought he was a Delco guy. No, 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 no. Joey is uh, Joey's from like this little farmhouse out in like. The gotcha. sticks of of like South Jersey. Now, are you still are you still coaching him? I do not coach Joey. Joey is still a very close friend of mine. Joey's yeah. a little brother to me. Um, he trains with John Marquez, and mm-hmm. he trains with all the guys, Daniel they, they, Gracie. Yeah, um, which I am thrilled. Yeah, because I told Joey, I'm like, look, I'm not going to be a fight trainer. You, if you're going to be committed to this, you have to have a coach who this is what he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a guy who cares about you, and mm. I fought, and I can help you, but mm. I'm not going to be the guy that is going to be, you know, hoisting you on my shoulders with a world championship belt because it, it can't. It can't be you have that too many way. things going on right now. Yeah. He deserves somebody with, like, the one-track yeah. mind yes. where you're a guy that's, that's dabbling in a bunch of different things to yeah. satisfy. What's his ceiling right now, Scott? Oh, like, my really? God. What do you, like, what do you think about so, How's he looking yeah. these days? What do we think about the future? Yeah. So I got to train with him. And, like, Joey knows, like, I, I trained Joey to the point where he could, he knew what I was there for. It's like, dude, I'm not here for you to, like, try to wail on me. I'm, I'm giving you a look, and, like, I'm, I'm sacrificing myself partially, so you have to be nice to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you have to use me for what I'm good for. Well, your dimensions are the same. Pretty yes. much, because I've seen you guys spar before. Yeah, you know you're lefty, but like your dimensions are you're long. But yeah, I give them like I, I'm a good, I, and Shadow, I'm a good, mirror. I'm a good training partner yeah. too. Like I am, I, I, I'm, I'm good at it. I'm, and I, I, I keep everybody safe. That's the one thing mm. where I am good at it. Um, so I train with him, and he is so good right now. He yeah. is so it's, it is. He's on a level where. He he could go in there and beat anybody. I'm convinced he could really go in there and he really could beat anybody. Um, and with that being said, it's obviously the opposite could happen too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, he's not unbeatable, and he knows that. I think that fight where he broke his arm, he dislocated his elbow, showed him that you can get the rug pulled from you at any moment. Mm-hmm. So this is fragile, and you you have to be smart, and you yeah, have to right. you have to take advantage of all the opportunities that you get. Um, Mixing with that, hitting the peak of being 26 years old. He'll be 26 years old. I was just going to ask, wow. 26. What's his weight class? 185. 185. And he's, he's a big. full 185, right? Oh, and he probably God. walks around at 200. Oh, easy. Easy when he's not fighting. Yep. Yeah. He's I mean, a big kid. Yeah. So what, I mean, that process, uh, he goes and, and fights, I guess, again, every six months or... I guess when you're at that young age, you try to get in what two fights a year or something. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, you could tell us better than anybody. It's it's not very long. I mean, as window, many as you can. Like if you yeah. can get three to four fights in a year, and you're getting out of there like unscathed mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Ah uh, man, you you like that's Go what you kind of got to do, you know? Yeah. Especially when you're this young, um, and they can build like. You got to think about it. It's a it's a game too for the promoter where he's like, all right, well, I got this kid, and he's four years younger than this other guy. Yeah, this other guy or the older guy might not be here in exactly. another eight months. We had a friend. Uh, well, we all know him, Rob Cucinato, St. Joe's. Yeah. Uh, he went to the Red Sox. He, yep. You know, baseball player, four years at Temple, and got to the Red Sox. Played played in the minor leagues, but by the time he got there. In baseball, you're you're hired right out, or you you get signed right out of high school. Like they they sign sixteen, seventeen year old kids. So he already did four or five years of college. Got there for two, three years. He just started to like hit the ball and kind of make his way. By that time, he's twenty five, twenty six years old. He's like the first baseman prospect. There's another guy that's seventeen from like Guatemala. Yeah, no. they're gonna put Dominican their, Republic exactly that they signed. They're like this guy can give us kid more from years. Florida six foot eight, throws yeah, 105 yeah. miles exactly. an hour. And like you know, he did it the other way, and like of course the organization's gonna put their time and resources. Hell yeah, into the you know so when they have more time. Nineteen with a twelve year old son, dude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somehow, remember Danny Fernando or the kid from the, the Little England New York? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Danny, uh, they were the birth he just retired controversy. 
He did he yeah, just retired. Yeah, right. But that's a yeah, that's a, that's cool that you were involved with that too. Like so you went, you know, the coaching and all that. That's something like I think you'll always you always coach and like because you you're extremely driven and you know you've always had a like a like a want to to pass the knowledge on. All right, Sam. So what's uh what's on the uh, horizon for you? What's going on now? And what's the future look like? You know, man, I'm I'm gonna keep running my you know my real estate business. Yeah. Um, I will be hanging out with the family and um every opportunity I get to be in front of. People of, you know, Northeast Philadelphia, I'm going to take full advantage of it. Um, I made some great friends during the campaign, and um, that's that's one thing that I'm actually enjoying now because you got to meet so many good people. Um, and it's like it's – when you meet people, like the good Philly people that care and know that you care, it's just – it's a good friendship. It's a good yeah. – per- you want to hang out with the person, you know Absolutely. what I mean? When you, and when you, meet, when you make those friendships, you actually – you earn those friendships, oh, yeah. and they last. They're yes. not superficial friendships. They're real and it friendships. Re- it reminds you a lot of Delaware County, right? Like oh, going goodness. back to like the way you were, you know, you're, you were brought up. Like so something from your core you see there, and that's probably why like I feel like you stayed and want to kind of – grow your family there is because there's something about where you're at now in northeast philly there that you see that you saw here growing up at that and it's like being uncomfortable and being unfamiliar too at this point in my life i feel mm. is such an advantage you know what i mean where if i if i get comfortable now i feel that would be the worst thing you know that could happen to me where it's you, you know you Look at Usman in that last round, right? Gets kicked yeah. in the head. It's like, yeah, it's like when that, you get comfortable. Yeah. Right. You get kicked in the head, you know? Yeah. Well, Sam, you're a real one, uh-huh. and you've earned everything you've achieved. And uh, coming from an area where people kind of spend a lot of energy complaining or tend to, you've never <laughs> been one of those guys. You've always rolled up your sleeves and gotten never. to work. Yeah. And we all appreciate and respect thank that, you. man. So you, thank you so much for coming you. by, brother. You have all our respect, man. And uh, Mark's I definitely, uh, My man. you make me want to turn on that greatness switch.